This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Well, hello, everybody. This is Hal. And this is Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. Well, we're on a two or three day turnaround. We actually have like four days this week. Four days at home. That's amazing. Y'all, it has been so busy this spring. I don't think we thought it through when we signed all these contracts, Hal. Well, this is what we do, and this is the busy time of year. Yeah, I wouldn't trade with anybody. I love what we do. I love speaking at conferences. I love meeting people. Well, and we had a great weekend in Columbus last weekend. We had a great weekend in Winston-Salem the weekend before and in, in Kissimmee, Florida the weekend before that. Although my favorite part of last weekend, Hal, yeah. is this sweet young family comes up. Right. And this is after one of our sessions. I was sitting in the front row waiting for you to back up. Uh-huh. And they came down. They sat down in the same row. row. Mm-hmm. And then this, this young man sticks his hand out, introduces himself, and says... I love listening to your podcast. How he couldn't have been a day over six years old. I think I remember that family. They had like four or five little kids, and the oldest was like seven. Oh, yeah. He was six or seven, and mm-hmm. it just it got away with me so much. Well, but but he said that mom listens to our podcast while she's folding laundry and whatnot, and he listens long, and he's just gotten used to listening to us. I know, but I loved it. And then I love that he turned to you and started recommending podcasts for you to yeah, listen said, to. Have you heard this one? Have you heard that one? I'm thinking, okay, no, I haven't. Okay. That was awesome. Well, you know, somebody... If you're listening, little guy, hello, you're doing a great job. Yeah, you know who you are. And, yeah. well, you know, somebody said that when you teach your children, you're actually teaching your grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons that I, I don't mind. In fact, I kind of like it when people bring their children to presentations that we do because I feel like I am speaking into multiple generations that way, that, that the things that we say in those presentations could have impact on kids that won't be born for another 20 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's, that's pretty remarkable when you think about it. It's amazing. So, well, look, we, had a, we got an interesting email recently and wanted to kind of open this up and discuss it a little bit. A, uh, a gentleman that we had met, I think we met him in Florida, um, emailed us and, and wanted some advice. He, he wanted to know, how, what would I recommend? What would direct, he, he actually directed this toward me. He said, how, what would you recommend that I do? Because he said, see, I am a homeschooling father who does most of the teaching. I'm the predominant, the primary teacher in our home. And so much of the, the ministry and the encouragement and the advice that's given to homeschooling parents is aimed at mothers. He said, how should I sort that out for myself? Because I, you know, I'm not a mother, but I am the homeschooling teacher. So how, you know, what should I do with that? You know, that's a really good question because Mm -hmm. it is true that the vast majority of homeschool parents are moms. The ones that are actually doing the the teaching. The ones who are doing the teaching, right. That doesn't mean that the, that, the husbands are not involved and not supportive of homeschooling. We meet dads all over the place that are super supportive. And and there's a fair number of dads who do teach some things. Mm-hmm. But but in, in most cases, when you talk about a homeschooling couple, generally, in fact, the last actual number I saw has been quite a few years ago, but I think 
um, the National Home Education Research Institute had asked a question in one of their studies, and they said they found that 96% of families report that the mother provides most of the academic instruction in their home. So that's a, you know, that's a huge predominant number there. And, and when we talk about homeschooling dads, we're typically thinking about, um, you know, Todd Wilson and his ministry to dads who are supporting their wives who are doing the teaching, that kind of homeschooling dad. But here's a homeschooling dad who is the homeschooling teacher himself. And so he's kind of, I think he feels a little, um, <laughs> well, a little left out, a little excluded. Oh yeah. And I can't really blame him because he's right. The vast the people just assume it's a mom teaching, mm-hmm. although we've known single dads who homeschooled. Yeah, and I don't know this this gentleman's circumstances. You know what? Why he is the the predominant teacher? Um, you know, there, there's any number of re- reasons that could be. But well, I've talked to some dads who were working from home, mm-hmm. where their wives working away from the ha- home. Right. And so the dad took on the primary teaching role. There's a number of reasons that you could get in that situation, yeah. including. As some of our other friends, that the wife is really sick. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about a friend of mine who had cancer, and Dad had to take over the teaching. Mm-hmm. And so there's a variety, there's a a number of reasons that you could end up with Dad teaching. The question is, okay, what's the situation? Well, what, what mm-hmm. where do we go from here? Well, okay, I, I guess to start with, you know, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. No, I mean. Um, you know, the scriptures, Israel Wayne has pointed this out recently, um, that the scriptures talk a great deal about the parents instructing their children, but so much of it is directed to the dads. You know, that, mm-hmm. that dads are given the charge. That dads are the ones who are, who are, are given the, the uh, expectation that they'll see to it that their children are, are being taught. And, and that may be dad teaches, or it may be that mom teaches in fulfillment of dad's mission for the entire family or something else but i don't think there's anything wrong with dad being the teacher no i think it's harder for dads to be teachers these days just because you know so many dads work so many hours to support the family i think it i think it was easier i mean to what does it say in in deuteronomy chapter six you know where it talks about about teaching your children diligently as you as you rise up and as you sit down and as you walk in the way and and as you lie, lie down at night, you know, that it, this around the clock kind of thing. But for so many of us dads, around the clock, it means maybe uh, eight hours of the clock when we're at home. And the rest of the time we're at work someplace away from our family. So it's kind of hard for us to do this 24-7 teaching um, if we have normal uh, away from the house careers. Yeah, it is. But if you do have, if you do have the opportunity to work from home, maybe you have your own business, maybe you're in ministry. Maybe you, um, maybe you, you do freelance work or consulting work or something where you're, you're not, you know, expected to be in the office five days a week. Um, well, then, you know, you do have that opportunity. So, you know, I guess one of the first things, he, he mentions this himself, is to recognize that although so much of the advice and encouragement is aimed at moms, and it's oftentimes it's moms teaching moms, and it's, it's in... A mom's framework and yet the things they're talking about are things which are about homeschooling not about motherhood right and so even if it's moms talking to moms it in, in using mom language if they're talking about homeschooling homeschooling is homeschooling right a lot of it's just really practical stuff you know how do you get it all done in the day 
How do you take care of the house and get it done? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you motivate kids to work? Yeah. How do you get them to concentrate? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you um, cope with the fact that boys can't sit still? You know, the advice to get your boys up and exercising yeah. every little bit, that applies to get dads as well as moms. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, and I think, I think now that's, that's one thing that's an interesting point. You know, a lot of our ministry, starting from our book, Raising Real Men, has been in helping moms to understand their sons. Helping moms understand, you know, how do you interact with your son? How do you understand your son's way of thinking? What is normal behavior for boys? Because moms have never been boys, you know, and they don't know that internally. We don't, we haven't seen the same kind of need for advice to moms to understand their daughters. Because they instinctively understand their daughters. And so dads who are teaching Mm -hmm. may need to put a little extra thought into how to interact with their girls. Like, you know, we had boys first. Right. And if you say to your boy, hey, honey, don't do that. He just doesn't even hear you. No, it's like you, you didn't say a word at all. Instead, you have to say... Don't do that. Mm-hmm. But I found out very quickly when we had girls, if I spoke firmly to the girls, they collapsed in tears. And and that was something that I had to learn, you and know. And so, so that's something I guess if you're if you're the homeschool dad, that that's something to be aware of that you've never been a girl, and so you may need to you may need some advice maybe from your wife, maybe from another author or something. Um, to, to better understand how your your little girls think and how they're different from the way that you normally think. Well, a couple of really quick tips mm-hmm. is girls like the atmosphere to be a little bit warmer than boys. Mm-hmm. They like it a little bit more dimly lit. Mm-hmm. They like the atmosphere to be nurturing, whereas boys really enjoy challenging. They like it to be active and engaging and, yeah. And girls like to be, like it to be nurturing and calm and you know, warm, well, warm emotionally and physically. Well, and, and I think that that, I mean, again, the parenting styles, the, I think that moms naturally, um, respond to calls to relationship yes. and to empathy. And that's not really what we dads are naturally good at. We dads respond to calls to action and a missional type of, you know, go and do, you know, there's a challenge that something put forth. And so, you know, we may need to understand that, hey, our sons will, will eat that up, but our daughters maybe not. You know, maybe we do need to be more focused on the affirming relationship, warm type of culture when we're dealing with the girls. Okay, so so that's a couple of things. I mean, just recognizing that there is a difference between our sons and our daughters, and there's a difference between us guys and our wives, and that is going to play out in the way that we the way, the way that we take that teaching role, right? Oh yes, mm-hmm. and you know, but we. St- I think you still have to remember, especially if you, if it's a dad teaching and he's got a wife who's working, mm-hmm. that some of the things that we talk we talk about to wives, he's going to need to remember. Like she's going to need some time to to re-enter when she gets home from from work. She's going to be tired. She's going to need some time before she takes on the whole mess again. She needs to kind of transition. Right. She needs a little bit of space in order to get home and kind of, you know, take off her shoes and say, okay, I'm I'm out of the rat race. I'm back off the highway. Here I am at home. Now, what's that mean to me? What is home? Home, home. Okay, because that was something. I had to be very intentional about that when I was working 
away from home that I, I had to very intentionally say, I am now leaving the office. I am now changing gears. I am now putting all of my day's worries back in the box there because when I get home, I need to be on point as dad and as husband. And so, you know, that's something I guess that you can encourage your wives that they, if they're working outside the home, that they need to be making that intentional transition as well. That was one of the things I found that we've lived in different places. And at one point we lived not five minutes from the office. Um, other places we lived more than an hour. And I got to say, if we were less than 20 minutes away from the office, it was very hard for me to transition. Mm -hmm. I had a hard time during that, that time period. And so, you know, that's just something to be, something to keep in mind there. So, um, there's some other things related to that too. You know, one of the things that we encourage wives to do for their husbands is to, to give them the report of the day, just to say, Hey, here's what we did today. Here's what I encountered with the children. Here's what the children are worried about or where I see struggles, where I see opportunities with the kids and really to kind of debrief your husbands when they come home from work. Well, I think if dad is the one who's doing the teaching, he needs to do that for his wife. And I think she's going to expect it more than maybe the husband would normally expect it from his wife. I think too, they need to be caught to be cautious with one another, to be um, careful because it may be that the wife, although it makes sense right now for her to work, mm -hmm. may wish she were home. Yeah. Or she may resent that he's home when she wants to be home. Yeah. And, you know, he could resent that he's having to be home when maybe he wants to be at work. I think you need to be real upfront and honest with each other. When you're doing things differently than the rest of the world, mm -hmm. there, there, can be un, there can be unmet expectations and and even unshared expectations that I think we need to be careful with one another. Uh -huh. You yeah. know, to, to make sure that we, we're honest about the way we feel. And even if we have to do something we don't like right now. Right. That everybody's on the same page and everybody agrees that this is what needs to happen. And I think, I think it's, it's helpful for both parties, no matter who is doing the predominant outside of the homework, for, for everybody to say, our family needs certain things to happen. Yes. And somebody is going out and earning income to help us to pay the bills, whether it's dad, which is more traditional, or whether it's mom, who maybe, you know, for one reason or another, it might make more sense for her to be outside working for for a salary either way that money is for the home for the household for the whole family it's not a matter of my money and here's your little pin piddling allowance right type of thing. we have to see each other as a team exactly you know i think about friends that we that we've had that where the mm -hmm. husband was disabled mm -hmm. and it made sense for him to do the homeschooling and for the wife to to bring in money because his disability income was just not enough to live on mm -hmm. and yet you gotta Make care, be careful with one another that no one feels resentful, no one feels put upon, mm -hmm. but that we're all seeing this as we're all doing whatever we're able to do for the sake of our team, for the sake of our family. Well, like one couple that one couple that, that I was introduced to where the the husband had a regular type of career and he was laid off during an economic downturn and could not find a job right away. And so his wife was a nurse or a CPA or some, some professional degree like that, it was easy for her to step in into a high-demand field and say, look, I'll go, I'll go earn a salary for a time while you're working on you know, restarting your career. 
And so he was at home homeschooling for several months while she was out, you know, getting the bills paid. Although that was not what either one of them wanted to do for a long-term situation. That's right. Okay. Okay, we need to take a break and thank our sponsor, Hal. Okay. We'll be right back. A planner's not a planner unless it's a well-planned day planner. The well-planned gal, Rebecca Ferris, is a homeschool mom who has a gift, and she shares her talents with us in her planner series. A few of the amazing planners available are the well-planned day, student planners, even the high school four-year planner. The newest planner is the well-planned prayer planner with an all-in-one planner and organizer. Organize your day with a focus on placing God first. Journaling 101, as well as scripture verses which permeate this beautiful book, take it everywhere and you'll have all the information you need at your fingertips. Best of all, it becomes a keepsake and a wonderful guide for making prayer a priority. This journal is truly life-changing. Visit thewellplannedgal.com for more. Now that we're back, I'd like to talk just a minute about some particular challenges dads may have when they teach. Okay. For one thing... I think that it's harder for dads to to be in tune with the emotions of their kids. To realize when a child is discouraged or wounded or, mm-hmm. you know, emotionally. Yeah. Or just, you know, the, the ox, I think it's difficult for dad to sense his emotions. I think once the emotions become unmistakable, it's difficult for dad to cope, to cope with them. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that I think most of us dads probably were brought up in the uh, the ethos of, you know, walk it off, shake it off, suck it up, move along, you know, mm-hmm. you tough it out. And although I think I think a lot of us are sensitive enough that we don't try that that um, that uh, hard playground logic with our little girls. Yet with our boys, we tend to we still tend to do that. You know, we tend tend to say, "All right, come on, sport, let's go." And <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's true. That there's times when, yeah, there's times when the boys need a soft touch. And there's times when the girls need some bucking up, I think. Yes. And so. I think dads also tend to be very goal-oriented, which is good. Mm-hmm. But can make them miss some of the, kids need to be kids sometimes. They need okay. to have time to play. Yeah. They need, although I think I'm more of a slave driver than you are. Well, uh, you know, they need to have time to, ta- to take breaks. They need to walk in the woods. They need to pretend. They need to build pillow forts. Well, I, I think I think we dads can I think we dads can understand that, but um, but uh, yeah, I think sometimes we can be driven in, in in miss subtle cues. You know that sometimes sometimes the goal should not be to finish everything that day. You know that sometimes there are sometimes there are more important things on God's curriculum than the things that we had planned. And we, know, we, can, uh, we can get uptight if our plans get derailed. Well, a lot of moms tell me that their husbands are very concerned if they're not right on time with the workbooks and everything completed and everything done because their dads are worried if they're going to get into college, never mind that their oldest is seven. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I would tell a homeschool mom that had those tendencies, you need to chill out. There's a yeah. lot of time. Right. Yeah, I think so. Um you know, one thing that, one thing that I see which can be, could be really problematic if you're not aware of it and careful about it, is is this. 
you know, a homeschooling, a homeschool teacher needs to be in a support network. You need to be part of a local support group. You need, you need the fellowship. The kids need the fellowship. You need the, the mutual support that, that, you know, is you're sharing the planning for activities and field trips and whatnot like that. But it's going to be a bit of a challenge if dad is the only male in a whole support group full of moms. It is challenging. We've ha- actually had that situation in our local support group. Okay. And, you know, it, it was it was awkward to a degree. Mm-hmm. We had to make sure that, you know, that we made it plain that he was welcome to be there. Right. You know, that and that and he had to realize that there's going to be some conversations he's just not interested in. Yeah. You know, but I think it's still important to be involved, important to get your kids out to those activities, yeah. make sure they've got homeschool peers. Mm-hmm. And and it's just helpful to know other homeschool families. Okay, um, I think it. You know, if I were in that situation, I would want to be real careful as much as possible to be seen as um, married to you. You know that I would want you to be involved with the group when you could, and that I would want to be seen with you whenever we could. You know, even though just by the nature of the situation, it wouldn't be all the time, and yet I would. You know, I would, I would want to make that very definitely clear that that I'm happily connected up with my wife, who just at the moment is not able to be in that role. Well, I appreciate that, but you know, I, a homeschool group, I, I, it would be very difficult for me to imagine it being a problem mm-hmm. because just I know in our local group, yeah, everybody's everybody's very serious about following Christ and doing what's right, and mm-hmm. you know, the dad that we had in our group. Mm-hmm. We felt kind of sorry for him. He was a single dad. Yeah. And it was tough balancing the needs of his kids and, you know, getting them, you know, what they needed. But I, there there weren't any real problems other than, you know, there was a mm-hmm. limited amount of, that he could discuss with us, you know. Yeah. What about multitasking? Because, you know, sometimes... Oh, what's I think, that? Sometimes I think I'm going to go crazy because I'm constantly being interrupted all day long. I think that we we dads at at the best we fantasize that we can multitask. I don't think men can. I just don't think I don't think we have the glands to do it, you know. <laughs> I just I honestly goodness, I mean we 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 try to do two or three things at once, but our you know, it's only half a brain it, it is able to engage in, in each of two tasks, you know. And I think you know, I find with um when I'm dealing with the with the family and I'm trying to work, if somebody comes up, I I really have to disengage from what I'm doing, and and turn and look at them and engage that person that's right there in front of me, and I don't do it consistently enough. And yet, if I don't do it, I'm not really tuned into them. And whereas I have a tendency to lose track of my work, keeping up with what all the kids are doing, and then I can't get any work done. Well, okay, I think maybe. Maybe the solution to that is um, probably the same for both of us. I think if we have something that we're using as our script for our work to say, okay, here's my list of tasks that I'm working on today, or I've got a Kanban board like a Trello or something to say, okay, this is the task I'm working on right now. If I get interrupted, then I know that as soon as this conversation is over, I can look back down on my computer and I'll see that card sitting there right on the top. Oh, that's where I was. And I think that that might be the only way to deal with that kind of 
you know, juggling the interruptions. Constant distractions. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to um, focus and get everything that get needs to get done, done. And that, you know, mm-hmm. I would think that that would be very hard for a guy. I would think that just the constant inability to finish anything would be really difficult for a guy to deal with. It may be that, it may be that, um, it would work better for a guy to say, okay, I'm not going to try to multitask. I'm not going to try to do things in the gaps, but I'm going to concentrate 100% on this thing right now until, until that's done. And then I'm going to put that away, you know, to say well, that we're going to do school from, from eight to noon and then that's done. And then I'll work on other things from, you know, right after lunch until the end of the day or whatever. But, you know, trying to overlap them and interweave them and go back and forth between them, you know, that that is a recipe for some frustration, if uh-huh. not inefficiency. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, well, well, what else? What else do you think is out well, there? Well, I think, you know, the Word of God commands dads to teach their children. And yeah. I think that a season like this might be good for everybody. It might be good for the kids to see that this is important for dad. Mm-hmm. It might be good for dad to see what his wife is facing at home. True. You know, I think it would be, it has it would have particular challenges if it continued for years. I think you'd be facing a lot of different challenges. Right. But I think it might be good for everybody in the short term. Mm-hmm. You know. What? One thing that I wanted to mention that was kind of a surprise to me this week, Hal. What? Sometimes I feel kind of sheepish about sending out emails. I don't want to bother people. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we've got a lot of, a lot of things to share that would have been a help to me when our kids were younger. Yeah. And I was really touched this week at the responses we got to the email where we shared what happened when when one of our dogs died this week. One of our dogs unexpectedly died last week and a young dog. A, a young dog and we had just we had just mentioned that in the email that we sent out just to our whole list, you know, to say, "Hey, you know, please pray for us because this was a this was a dear pet, and we didn't expect to lose her. And uh, but you had you wrote that one, and you had you put a couple of points in there that you just had observed, you know, that it's important to be sensitive to your children's emotions and to your children's needs in a time when maybe you're you're dealing with some grief and shock yourself. Well, I think I was talking. I mentioned how difficult how we've got to guard our tongues and mm-hmm. our hearts when we're under stress because it's so easy when we're stressed out. Yeah. To lose control of our own emotions and not to not to parent the way that we ought to. And, and we got so much response back. I mean, we got so many sweet notes from people and great encouragement. And so I, I want to say, if you were one of the ones that responded to that email, thank you. I mean, it really did mean a lot to us. Well, I met people at the conference this week that just came up and gave me a hug and told me how much it meant to them and how much they appreciated receiving our emails. And it just really touched me because, you see... We see you guys as our friends. Mm-hmm. You know, we really care about you guys. We care about your families. We pray for you guys. And to see that you care back really meant a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah. I need to make a note in the uh, in the show notes, too. We did an episode a couple of years ago where we talked about a biblical understanding of pets. Do you remember that? I didn't, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, now. we did a show talking about biblical examples of pets and how we should see them as biblically oriented Christians, and I and I'll just put a link there. Okay, I totally a, forgot that. Yeah, I'll just put a link wow. in the show notes. You might want to go back and check that out because it's interesting. There are examples of pets in scriptures, 
in the scriptures. And there are some principles about, you know, involved in being the owners of, of a domesticated animal and having dominion over them. You also have a responsibility and stewardship. So anyway, I'll, I'll just throw that out there. That'll be in the notes. Um, along with some other things, we're going to, I think, do some expanded show notes starting this week. So we okay. Ask to boost the SEO for our website. <laughs> and so, okay, great. So we'll have more notes out there. So please, you know, come out to the ultimate homeschool radio network and just find our face there on the front page and click on that and it'll take you over to our page. Or you can go to, halandmelanie.com slash radio and that'll take you back to the UHRN page and and right into our section. Or you can go to iTunes and search How and Melanie and it'll pop right up and you can Mm -hmm. subscribe on iTunes. Okay, that's certainly great. And let's see. Coming up now, uh, this weekend we're going to be in Knoxville, Tennessee for the Smoky Mountain Home Education Association Expo. Homeschool Expo is going to be at Bearden Middle School in Knoxville. And the end of the month... We will be at Chia in Pasadena, California. Oh, the Christian Home Education Association of California. Yes, we're looking forward to that. And so if you are in Southern California or if you're in Eastern Tennessee, how about stop by and say hello to us? We'd love to hear from you. Um, And if you'd like for us to come speak at your church or your convention or your homeschool group, how about just drop us a line because we travel all over the country and you would be amazed at the places that we turn up. And so... uh, just drop us a line. Come to uh, HelenMelanie.com. HelenMelanie.com. And there's a response form there, and they'll give you give you a, a roadmap on how you can get us to come to your local event. All right, so anything we need to say on, in conclusion here? Just if you see this a lot at a live event, please come up and say hello. We love meeting you guys. Okay, yes, we do. Yes, we do indeed. And so please get out there on iTunes, subscribe. Leave a review. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love for other people to hear from you, too. Tell a friend, because uh, we would love to get more people involved in this as we look at principles in Scripture and how can we live our lives in a practical, orderly, biblical fashion. Until next week, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. We'll talk to you then. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at howlandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.